And welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I'm Trip Mitchell. That's Randall Carlisle. And Randall, you've done it again. What have I done? Another great guest. Oh, of course. I, I, I find great guests everywhere. But it's easy when you're talking about addiction and recovery because it affects so many people. And we, uh, before we get to our guest, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of things that this show may be able to help you with. If you've got a challenge, if you know someone who has a challenge, a family member, the best thing you can do is pick up the phone and call. We've got a number here for Odyssey House, which is just one of hundreds of treatment centers right. that can do an amazing job for you. But the point we try to make is if you make a call, things get better. All that weight that's on your shoulders can be lifted off. 801-322-3222, right? And now that our podcast is starting to blow up, let's do another podcast read. Uh, For our TV folks, they just saw They the, just saw it. 801-322-3222. And, and we, uh, we got some interesting analytics on, and we're, we're reaching now with, with our podcasts uh, in one way or another, either on iTunes or Spotify or on YouTube, uh, ten to 11,000 people a week, which is pretty impressive, which means there is a big interest in this topic. Well, there's no question. Yeah. And, and thanks to Randall and Odyssey House for you know helping us do this. This has been amazing. And the stories we're getting, which are just wonderful, the guests that you've been able to get on tell heartwarming stories and, and we- sometimes really discouraging. And, and uh, our goal is just to let people who are watching or listening know that there's so many people who are so dedicated to helping your friend, relative, yourself get sober, get off drugs, get off alcohol, and have a much better life. And today we have another inspirational story. Uh, her name is Ava Summerhill, and she is. This sounds like something Maury Povich would say. She's written a book called "Confessions of a Heroin Addict's Mother." What do you think? <laughs> that is sort of a you know sort of a sensational title. It is indeed. It's been a sensational time. So obviously, you're a heroin addict's mother, even. Somebody who does stupid stuff on TV can figure that out. So maybe you could tell us about that. Yes, um, I have a, a twenty-year-old, twenty-one-year-old son that is doing great now, but it's been a real trial um, to parent him uh, over the last four or five years. He started started using, um, you know, like a lot of kids do. He started partying with uh, pot and and c- kind of milder dr- drugs, if you might say. Um, um, I, I wish I could say it was an injury that, you know, caused him to go to heroin eventually, but uh, it, it, it wasn't that, that, uh, that easy. It was for recreational purposes. It was for purposes. recreational purposes, and um, he got, you know, he, he got to the point where he went from from uh, using pot to Xanax to uh, pills, um, meth, heroin, uh, pretty much everything. But it it was so heartbreaking, as as I'm sure every parent would say. But you know, this is my private school going, cello playing, athletic, beautiful boy. So he had all the opportunities he had in life. Every opportunity. He went to a, a great private school here in town. He had. You know, loving family, he had um, has uh, all of these things that it's like, you know, what happened here? And, you know, we just scratched our heads. And, you know, in our society, you know, we're, we're told if you just try hard enough at something, you can succeed. And I 
tried and tried and tried to fix that kid. And my addiction became him. him. And it completely dominated my life for the last, I guess, five years to the point where it seems like every decision I've made, including even getting married and, you know, a few other kind of, kind of things just to try to get some normalcy or to try to, try to, you know, create some kind of a, a world that, you know, that, that wasn't so chaotic. And, um, it, it's been a struggle and it's, it's, I've had a lot of help. I've, I finally discovered Al-Anon through, um, you know, just being in such a horribly dark spot that, um, that I thought I'd give it a try. And, and, that was maybe, I can't even tell you when my Al-Anon birthday was because I can't even tell you what time of year it was. I mean, it was, it was sheer hell. I mean, we've gone through everything from homelessness, you know, where I've been walking down the street. Have you seen this kid? Really? Um, yeah. Um, like down on the block? Down on the block. I've been on the block many times during the night. Um, How are you? I'm, I'm curious because I covered news stories down there. You're walking around saying, have you seen this kid? What are the people on the block saying? Yes, I've seen that kid. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, Did yeah. you feel for your safety? when you Yeah, were? sure. I mean, it's a scary place to be. Um, but, and, and I'm not going to say I know answers. I mean, there, there were times, you know, we all hear about enabling our kids and what we should and shouldn't do. And, um, should you let them become homeless or should, should, you know, should you help pay their bills? I have been in both places and I, I don't, there's no right answer for, for any family. I think, um, I've been in a position where I've dropped him off downtown. Really? Yes. Because that must've been hard. That was terribly, terribly difficult. Um, but it was, it was, um, he just wasn't in a place to, to, he, he was completely out of control and I couldn't have him at, at home. Um, physically he was, he was you know, rough with me and, hmm. you know, had a, uh, breaking things and, you know, it's, it's been, it's been kind of crazy that way. But, but then there's been times where he's called me from the block, borrowing someone else's phone because his was stolen or whatever. Right. Um, or sold or, or whatever. Sold it. Or he sold it. Or sold it. Exactly, yeah. which yeah. Um, has happened a few times. But, um, you know, there's times he's, I can't do this anymore. Can you come and can you come and get me? And heck yes. Um, I'll go down there and he'll, I'll meet him at, you know, a certain spot. Um, and, you know, I, it, it's difficult when you're homeless to feel hope. Um, but I, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't even really know what to say about that. But, um, so, but he had to want to be in that place. And there were times when he just wanted to be downtown. It was like this vortex dra- dragging him down there mm. again that, that was just would consume him. And then he'd say, I just can't, I just can't do it anymore. Um, eventually, after a numerous um, possession charges, he went to jail for a while. And did you, this, this is going to sound horrible, but did you sleep better now? Oh, God, jail? yes. Oh, it was like... We've heard that from a lot of you know, relatives it of It sounds so horrible yeah. when, when the bar has been set so low that jail is a good thing. And I, you know, I just, 
first I was completely lost and I went because I'm such, I'm so codependent. I went out and bought a, a, a cat that, that uh, a special needs cat because I needed somebody to take care of, you know? So, um, but, and I just didn't know what to do with myself, but I was like, I could sleep at night, you know? And Thank God there's a program called CATS um, in the Davis County Jail. I don't know if you're familiar with it. But Odyssey House runs it. Yes. yes. And that's yeah. how my son got involved with Odyssey House. Um, he did the CATS program in Davis County. And um, I don't know if it was because he um, had no choice, but it was that. No, there is an option. I mean, when you go in and, you're, and you've got at least a three-month term, you're offered the option of going into the CATS program. If you're facing, you know, if you're facing drug charges, so he could have said no, and I I, guess that's I'll, I'll true. just do my jail jail time and get out and use again. Yeah, I know. guess that's true. But something must have uh, inspired really? him to to do the catch program, and it was a great thing. Um, he talks about how it was really interesting being in with all of these people, uh, you know, different gangs, you know, different guys that would normally want to shoot each other were hugging and talking about the commonalities of their experience. And, you know, the one thing about addiction is like everybody has a story that's, you know, their story, but the universality of everything is just so amazing to me. It's like, um, you know, I've, I've written my book knowing that, that, uh, that, there's there's things that I can that I can really connect with people over, um, and they can understand because we've all been there. So um, we we run a family group, a family therapy group that is sort of like Al-Anon. It, it's to teach, it's to it's other people in your position dealing with everybody else and and trying to stay healthy yourself so that you don't have your whole focus on your your loved one who's in addiction. And, and you know, those are tough. And everybody's going, I'm sure you, you went through that when he said, when you dropped him off on the block or something, it's like, how do I, how do I let him know I love him, but how, how do I do that without enabling him? Mm-hmm. Did you go through that a lot? Oh, or? absolutely. It's really difficult, especially when you have um, a child, really. I mean, I, I look at my my friends that have college-age kids. They're all still helping their kids. You know, they help them with rent and they help them. You know, they help them. They're not completely on their own. So it was really hard for me to say, well, here's, at the time, an 18-year-old. How much should I help him? How much is too much? How much is enabling him? And paired with, um, uh, you know, being in a, uh, a divorced family. I was divorced from his dad for 10, maybe, it's been maybe 12 years now. So we had this really weird codependent triangle the three of us that was like one of us would be in the enabler and the other would you know would be the bad, tough the bad guy. guy the tough, tough guy, guy. The, the tough yeah. love person yeah. you never could get it together where you both were the... well we were always on the same page with what we needed to do but i'd like i'm not going to pay his damn rent but will you you know <laughs> so i mean it's just like so that we always kind of of course he knows because addicts are really wonderful oh, at Lying and manipulating oh people, goodness. so it'd be like if mom's the tough one, I'm talking to dad, or vice versa. Absolutely, and one of us was always the jerk, and the other, you yeah. know. So it's, um, but in a weird way too, you know. I've I've been divorced from my his dad for so many years, and you know, great guy. Don't don't want to be his spouse, but but to 
have him be the only other human that truly knows that kid and um, uh, the pain of dealing with In some ways, a, a divorced couple is closer yes. than they ever were Yes. Because it, of this. Yes. It's, a, it's the weirdest thing. Um, and, Not weird. It makes sense. Well, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, to have to talk to your ex every day kind of. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to talk to, well, I don't want to get into that. There are not enough hours in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got four exes, well, so me, it'd be me like. Me too. Oh. I've, I've got you on that. Uh, oh. We're together on really? that one. Yes. Yeah. Thank oh. you. Thank you. Jeez. My I'll claim to fame, I guess. Oh, well. <laughs> So time for the commercial from the American Bar Association saying thank you for your service. Absolutely. Um, Your son was how old when he started getting into marijuana? Um, He was about 15 when he started um, getting into marijuana. Was there any drinking prior to that? I I don't think he was drinking. uh, Alcohol has never really been his drug of choice. So. um, Were you scared when you found out? I was so scared. I was so scared. So you knew that something... You had a premonition because some some kids pot is as far as they will go. Yeah, yeah. lots of kids. Well, and I kind of thought it would be that that way. I was hoping it would be that way. But the thing about my son is he doesn't do anything halfway. And if I found a joint or a pipe or something like that in his shoe, I might go, okay, you know, it's kids at a party passing around a joint, you know. I guess we all did. Um, But I found 45 pipes and bongs that he had built, total MacGyver style, um, out of fishing tackle and recycling and and tools. Um, I'm a general contractor, so tools for my... How do you make a pipe out of a socket? Socket. I mean, I don't know. Well, he did. He, he did. Yeah. <laughs> and um, all kinds of ways to conceal it with like dryer, dryer sheet inside tubes that you could blow the smoke through. So he could. I mean, it was obsessive. Wow. And um, you know, it it was clear to me at that point that that it was more than it was something he was doing alone. In his room, without people there, it wasn't something at a party experimenting. So uh, later, we found out he's bipolar, which hmm. everything you know made sense after the after the fact. But while he was going through those teen years of, um, you know, I, I don't know if you've been around someone on Xanax. Um, mm-hmm. um, it's like when they're chasing that high, they get super aggressive and. I at the point yeah, benzos where, are some of the most difficult things to horrible. get off of. They're horrible, yeah. and that was his first thing that I really think he was addicted to. Um, but he would go into this rage kind of uh, behavior that was was scary, you know, like breaking things and and at home at home and wow. you know like and frightening. You, you started fearing for yourself. Oh yeah, I mean it was like is I, it your son a big guy? He's six four. It's yeah. pretty big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's wiry, but you know, but um, and 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 it's hard because he is the most likable, angelic when he's sober. Sober, and but he would chase that high, and he would just get you know like like brandished a knife at me at one point. I mean, I had to call police. I had to call a large friend of mine to come over one day just to calm him down. So, you know, things were. Um, Things were really, really chaotic, and I, I just and it just progressed so far 
downhill from there. And um, it was, uh, it, it was a, at the time, it was like, I was just looking for some peace. And he wasn't quite 18, but I, I, this sounds terrible as a mother, but I wanted him out of the house. It was like a month before his 18th birthday. He had been talking about getting uh, emancipated for years. So it's like, you know what? It's time for you to be emancipated. Yeah, yeah. You know, go with God, but go, yeah. you know? So, um, so he, uh, I helped him get into an apartment with a, with a, mm-hmm. um, uh, a, a bunch of college guys. And I thought they'd be a great influence. And I thought, you know, that, you know, they're going to school and everything would, would kind of make a, you know, a, a good Im- a impact on him. And he was out, thrown out in about six weeks for partying too much. But um, So even they couldn't handle it. Even they couldn't handle it. Yeah, well. So anyway, it was just, you know, one thing after another after another. Um, but the, the, uh, when we first discovered that he was uh, kind of having a problem, he was having, started having serious problems at school as well, too. And, of course, they have a zero, zero tolerance. They knew what we were dealing with. Um, they knew that he was ha- having behavioral problems, but also serious drug problems. Um, and the school counselor helped helped me. You know, they they she helped me uh, meet up with an educational consultant that was going to help us see if he was going to be able to finish out the school year. And um, we uh, go, went to meet with this guy, and you know, we were just thinking he was just going to. I don't know what scary what we were a little thinking. bit, but. yeah, scare us a little bit, and you know, <laughs> but so for some reason, I popped open my computer the day that we were going to meet with him, and I started reading a letter that was on my screen because my son had my computer the night before, and he was usually pretty good about covering tracks sure. and you know, you know, typing stuff and then erasing the message or whatever. But there was a whole page of how he was gonna. Um, how he's an addict and how he's a dealer and how, you know, all this stuff and that he was going to end it all with pills that night. Wow. And I just, he must have wanted me to read it. Yeah, that that was a call. It was a call. And so I flipped open my computer and here I am at Einstein's, you know, up by Wasatch and I just went, uh, I called the educational consultant. I called my ex-husband who we were all meeting in 20 minutes. I said, get here now. I said this is this is going to be a bigger meeting than than we originally thought. So we actually had him uh, kidnapped and sent to a wilderness therapy camp out in Duchesne. That um, looking back, he doesn't think he got anything out of it, but I think it was wonderful. It was a wonderful program, and um, so was it. I mean, did you sit around with him and discuss it, or you just, it was oh, no. a kidnapping? It was a kidnapping. He had no choice. Straight up kidnapping. He was still not 18 yet, so, so you had we control. still could. Yeah. And we had a couple months until he was 18, and we're like, as parents, we, you know, what do we do? I mean, we've got a kid that's completely out of control. He's going to take all his pills tonight. We've got to get him out of here. What, and what are your options? Move yeah. to Siberia, you know? So, if you're watching in Siberia, <laughs> she didn't mean anything negative. No, there, nothing, right? yeah. nothing have, about that. I'm sure, yeah. you know, I'm sure it's a great place. but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so what was the next step? Um, so he got out of, um, he got out of uh, the wilderness program after two months of being in there over the holidays, over the dead of winter. Um, went back to school under conditions 
that he do this, this, and that in order to still be able to graduate. And he said everything right when he was at camp, you know, as addicts are so sure. known to do. Oh, you know, it's like finding Jesus in a foxhole, right? You know, and it's like... <laughs> It's like you're gonna you're gonna um, say whatever you can to get out of the freaking cold. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so he was you know all gung ho da da da. It took him two weeks to be kicked out of school. Hmm. You know, which I mean he he it was it just baffled me that this is so crazy that the uh, addiction is it's just so unfathomable that. If people haven't gone through it, they don't understand they it because it's a complicated disease that hijacks your brain and it makes you do stuff that you wouldn't normally do. It does. And, it, and it's a lifelong disease. It is, yeah. indeed. And, um, you know, the day that, that we were supposed to meet up with the dean of the school to determine whether or not he could stay in school, um, he came late. He was clearly high. Um, shoes untied. Just like... And then I looked in his backpack, and there was a bottle of Corona, a cigar, and like all of these things. And it's like you're, he didn't you're, want to stay in school. He did not right? want to stay in school. I mean, like your your ass is on the line here with 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 everything, and this is how you show up. So um, he got kicked out of school. Did finally get a GED, but long story short, I mean, we went. Um, he's been in a lot of great country club kind of rehabs so um i won't say the names because they were they were all great and he all, he got a lot of good out of every single one of them i have to say um let's see how many so we stopped at the point where he went to jail and he went through the cats program what happened after that oh um <clears throat> jail was actually the last the last of his he'd gone to maybe four or five rehabs before that um, and a couple sober living type situations. After the CATS program, he went to Odyssey. And I have to say that because Odyssey is not like the country club program, Definitely I not. think that that's why he's had success. Hmm. So, um, you know, he was in, in, you know, he's always, I don't know if this is the bipolar part of things, but um, he's always been a little overconfident. I mean... You 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 met my son. I met he's him. A confident, he, yeah. He's a confident he, kid. He's a like, and he seemed proud of the fact that he's so clean and sober now. He is proud know. of that fact, and um, I I you know because he's he's seen how how bad it can be, and I think now that he's been clean for a while, he can. How many months did he go through Odyssey? You know, it's hard to say because he had a relapse or two <laughs> within the Odyssey. Um, and he's done. He did Odyssey inpatient. He did Odyssey outpatient. He got voyaged out or something, uh-huh. something like that. Yeah. Um, I want to say. And then he lived in their sober living right. house. I don't. He's been involved with the Odyssey for more than a year, maybe a year and a half or something like that. Um, so how long has he been clean? He, about that. A year and a half. About well, he, oh, take that back. <clears throat> he had a relapse in April. That, um, of course, while I'm out of the country on a trip with one of my girlfriends, um, and then it, you know, consumed me again. It's like, you know, what do you do? You're out of the country, you're, yeah. you know, you can't sleep. And, um, and fortunately and unfortunately, I was with uh, a friend of mine who um, had lost her son to an overdose. 
Mm. And um, um, I'm incredibly empathetic for what she's gone through. Um, uh, sorry, but but also she Which was... Which is the, what you were looking at, I mean, the possibility oh, yeah. of happening. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but she was the right person to be with sure. while we were on this trip, you know, because she's, you know, she's been, she went through all of the steps that I went through, but I'm faced every day with knowing so many people who haven't been as fortunate as me, you know, I guess there's a little bit of that survivor guilt, you know, that, yeah. um, um, you know, I just feel for my friends whose kids haven't made it, you know, and there are a lot of them out there, you, you know that, so, um, and while my son's doing well with his recovery now, I feel, I, I feel, I wish he'd go to more meetings and things like that, right. but I can't force it. That's one thing. That's one thing I have learned in all of this. One of many things I've learned in all of this. They have to want it. They have you, to you want it. You can't make them do anything. And, so. uh, you know, another thing I've learned, like in Al-Anon, um, uh, expectations are premeditated disappointments. <laughs> there you go. So, so I've, yeah. you know, to, to look at, uh, you know, my kid who all his friends are going to Yale and they're on the rowing team and they're, you know, this, this and that. And I'm like, well, my kid got a GED and he just got out of jail, you know, um, to let go of that and, and realize that it's a different path that my kid's taken and that there's not a damn thing I can do about it. Um, I can be proud of him for who he is. And right now what I want for him is for him to be clean and happy and have a um, healthy relationships and what he does for work, what, you know, as long as it's not drug dealing, um, <laughs> yep. you know. The bar has been changed. It's but... bar has been changed, but I can't say really that the bar is, is, a, is it's bad. I don't, you know, he just got a, a job um, selling building supplies that he's so excited about. It, it, what it, whatever it takes. And we unfortunately have ran out of time. <sighs> what an amazing story. You, you talk <laughs> about all, the, all this in your book. I do. In, in probably more graphic terms than we talked about it here. Yes, yes, indeed. Confessions of a heroin addict's mother. Yes. Yeah. It's not quite out yet, but it will be um, It will be out hopefully in a couple of months. I'm just waiting for a couple more permissions and, to and, come And in. if people read it, will it, it, will it give some kind of insight if, if relatives of, of loved ones are in addiction as to how to deal with that? Or? It will indeed. Um, I've. Um, it's not just a, a war story. I mean, because we all have our war stories. It's, it's more like how I came to terms with... Um, 12 steps and what a higher power looks like to me mm-hmm. um, for someone who um, who's had a difficult time with organized religion. Um, and it's it's just coming to terms with, uh, with changes of expectations and how I see things and, and really uh, personal growth. And, and I have come so far th- through this. And you hate to say that you're glad this happened. I would never say that. But I am so much stronger than I was um, before all of this happened. So um, I, I'm grateful, I guess, um, to be where I am and that he's healthy and doing well now and that I've met so many wonderful people through this uh, process and really come to know myself a lot better. Sure. So, yeah. How can people get the book? Um, it's going to be on Amazon, um, hopefully in a couple months. Oh, good. Yeah. Right, good. Well, and again, if you've been watching great stories of addiction, great stories of a mother's just amazing love for her son while he's going through a difficult period. 
And we do have a phone number for you to call. 801-322-3222. That's the number of Odyssey House. And they will get you in touch with some amazing people. So give a call. And uh, congratulations. We are now up around ten to 11,000 listeners yeah. per show. Yeah. And yeah. I'm very happy Thank with that. Thank you all for... Supporting us. For those out there, subscribe to it if you can. Subscribe. Uh, We would love that. And uh, if you've got some great guests that you would be interested in having on the show, you can reach the people over at Aussie House. Sure, sure. And we'll get in touch with them and have some great more guests. Including you in Russia drinking vodka right now. (laughs) Get off it. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming in. Hey, thank you. Thanks. Goodbye, everyone. Thank Thank you. you.